Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast, She Hasn't Been Seen Yet. Yes, yet is in all capital letters, Y-E-T, because you might not have been seen yet, but you will be after listening to me. So today's is a new episode, woohoo! We're going to be talking about um, me losing my first um, baby girl, Alina Marie Stewart. Okay, guys, I had a stillborn July 12, 2016 and had to bury her. Um, So her name was Alina Marie Stewart, which was my husband and I first baby girl together. Long story short, um, the pregnancy was going okay. It was going really well. I was about six months pregnant and it was July the 11th, 2016. And I had a doctor's appointment, right? So, um, we go to the doctor's appointment, me, my husband, and his cousin. We go to the doctor's appointment, and um, this was the time that I told my husband, hey, babe, go across the street and go ahead and go grocery shopping while I'm in a doctor's office because we can kill two birds and one stone. Okay, guys? Mind you, I have the husband that never misses a moment. He never misses an appointment. He asks all the questions. He wants to pack the hospital bag. He's all in. He is the mother, okay? In the pregnancies, he's the mother. He's the worried one. He's the excited one. He's all of those things. But this particular day, I told him, baby, just do that for me. So when we leave here, all we have to do is go home, right? So we go in the doctor's um, appointment. He makes sure I get checked in, of course. And I sit in once I sit in the waiting room and wait on him to call my name, then he goes across the street. Okay, him and his cousin. So they call my name to the back and she checks my blood pressure as always. Well, before she checked my blood pressure, she checked my height, uh, checked my weight. Everything looked good between height and weight, of course. Then she checked my temperature. Temperature was great. Then she checks my blood pressure and she goes, um, are you a little, do you have a headache? And I was like, no, ma'am. And she was like, okay, uh, we'll check it again later. Mind you, I didn't think nothing of it because she never gave me the numbers or anything like that. She just said, after ultrasound, we'll check it again. Um, Maybe you're just hot from being outside um, or whatever. So she gives me some water to drink. I go in the ultrasound room and wait for the doctor. The doctor comes in. Of course, say, hello, Mrs. Stewart. Today, we're going to see baby girl. Right? So I'm like super excited to see my baby on the ultrasound, right guys? So they pull out the machine, put the gel on my belly. Of course, I'm special, so they warm it up for me. So I'm super excited. And the doctor um, doing the ultrasound, doing the ultrasound, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, the doctor's looking, and I didn't think anything was wrong, of course, because I see my baby. Um... So And the doctor didn't give me any energy that anything was wrong because, of course, maybe she was trying not to panic. So she turns the TV and she says, uh, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. So, of course, me still thinking nothing is wrong. I'm thinking, oh, my God, maybe they found another baby or, oh, my God, maybe I'm almost due before they thought or I'm just thinking other things. I'm not thinking nothing is wrong. Right. So a nurse came back. Uh, another doctor came back and my doctor came back so they do the ultrasound all three of them one by one but this time they turn off the tv you know anyone who has 
been pregnant or is pregnant you know when you are in the ultrasound room uh they have a tv in front of your bed and then they have the ultrasound machine on side of you so that dad can either look at tv or the machine or you can look at tv or machine which one is whichever one is comfortable for you but of course the machine is so it could be up close for the doctor so she turns off the tv right guys and i'm thinking okay what was that about not only do they turn off the tv right they take their machine and they kind of because it it's kind of sideways where we both could see it but they turned it where they only could see the machine right guys so then um they all said okay miss story give us a second uh we'll be right back so i'm thinking now i'm thinking something is going on but what was going on was not what i was thinking if that makes sense um so they come back and they said um you know how did you get here and i was like well uh we drove my husband is across the street at food town grocery shopping and she was like well uh let's go ahead and call your husband we're gonna have to send you into the um emergency room because we can't find baby's heartbeat and i said excuse me i mean no heartbeat to me means dead no heartbeat to me means no baby no heartbeat to me means i mean gone deceased hurt all of this stuff so i'm like excuse me i'm confused here and she was like you know that's why your blood pressure is up uh baby has no heartbeat activity um so we need to get you to the emergency room she said you know go ahead and call your husband so he can come over and you know maybe we can call an ambulance and i i said no 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 i don't want to ride an ambulance let's just he's gonna drive me right so i called my husband y'all he forgets that he drove to the store he runs across the street um to my doctor's office after i called him and you know crying with the news and um his cousin ended up driving the car over we get in the car and we go to the emergency room right guys and my husband was so calm i couldn't even cry y'all my husband was so calm in the car he was saying you know baby it might be an error you know baby just let's just keep calm let's just think positive mind you we gotta go all we have to go at least 45 minutes away from the doctor's office to the hospital to where i was assigned right so we get there we get into the emergency room they take my blood pressure again in the emergency room, which they knew I was coming. So I didn't wait in the emergency room. I just had to go through the emergency room process as far as vitals. So um, I get in the emergency room. They take my blood pressure. Of course, it's higher than whatever the doctor told them it was at first. Because when I got there, it was like 197 over um, 180 or something like that. It was extremely high, right? So before you know it, we have doctors coming out of this way, this way, that way, and that way, rushing me into labor and delivery, right? So we get into labor and delivery and they um, says, you know, we got to get your blood pressure down. We got to get it down. They give me medicine to get it down, right? So um, they finally do their own ultrasound because they have to verify on their own that there's no activity of baby, right? So they come and do the ultrasound, came back and said, we sorry to inform you, but your baby has passed and you're too far along for us to do a certain type of procedure. You have to go through labor to get her out. So I was, 
I was extremely hurt that I have to go through the pushing. I have to go through the pain to deliver a baby that I won't get to take home, y'all. That's a pain that you would never uh, be able to just grasp. Like, I was just like, how am I going to do this? Like, I, I don't understand. How am I going to have the strength, the mindset, the ability to push out a baby that's not going to cry, to push out a baby that I can't take home? I was completely destroyed, right, y'all? So my husband was staying strong the whole time, staying strong the whole time. We go um, into the labor and delivery room. They give me medicine to uh, start dilating me, right? I was only six months pregnant. So, of course, it, wouldn't, it wasn't going to... I didn't have to get to 10 centimeters because she wasn't that big, right? So, we're in the labor and delivery room. And um, they, they told me, uh, hey, we can give you an epidural so that this process could be easy. We don't want you to feel any pain okay cool i do that right so guys i i completely slept the whole day which was july 11 2016 i completely slept the whole day i don't remember who visit i don't remember who came and saw me all i remember is me and my husband and the experience because i slept the whole day i didn't want to be up to continually think about what was going on so the moment came where I felt myself waking up, right? And when I felt myself waking up, it wasn't one of those type of wake-ups where I can toss over and go back to sleep. It was a wake-up like, hey, I'm about to be up. But not only was I waking up, but I felt something. I felt pressure for my women who understand what I'm talking about. I, I felt pressure and I felt something um that I couldn't contract I felt something that I couldn't control just pushing from me I didn't have to push I didn't have to I was scared to even talk because it was just a pressure of something coming out and I'm like oh my god no it's happening not only am I um sedated with medicine but I'm I'm thinking I'm talking to my husband but he's not even in the room right so I pushes I pushed the nurse button. I said, "Hey, I think the baby's coming out. I think the baby's coming out." So they're running in. While they're running in, they saw my husband and they, you know, let him know and they all come in, right? When they came in, I told the doctor, I said, "She's already out." Right? So at least a few seconds, I knew that she was out and she was laying on the bed and her body was tucked under my legs, right? Because of the way that I was sleeping. So I kind of leaned sideways because I'm still a mother, right? I don't want to feel like I am, you know, smushing her, sitting on her. So I leaned over sideways until the doctor came in. It wasn't that long. It was maybe 30, 45 seconds before everybody entered the room, right? So I told the doctor, I said, she's already out. Mind you, I'm not crying just yet because it's not real for me yet. I said, she's already out. My husband is in the room at this point. He's on side of me holding my hand. The doctor lifts up the cover and he confirms that she's out. Right, guys? So that's when the pain gutted me in my stomach. I mean, literally gutted me in my stomach and I couldn't hold it. I'm just crying. I'm just sobbing. I'm like, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. I can't feel anything. Like, I don't even know how to explain to you guys the pain 
that I felt as a mother, right? I felt helpless. I felt that I couldn't save her. I felt that it was nothing that I can do. And as a mother, you believe that you will go to bat for your kids. You believe you will lay your life to the on the line for your kids, right? And I couldn't have that feeling because it was nothing that I could do, right? So I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying. And they give us the um, opportunity to hold her, right? So uh, they let my husband hold her first. He did an amazing job. He did an amazing job. He held her. And they tried to... Um, I tried to hold her and when they released her in my hand for maybe two seconds, I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And the nurse, she was like, okay, we understand and took her out of my hands. And so they give you the opportunity to leave the baby in the room inside of a crib um, where you can get up and visit the baby or talk to the baby, hold the baby. And you can leave the baby in the room for however long you desire, right? So my husband had was in a revival and I told him, go ahead and go to the revival. I'm fine. But before going to the revival, I kept waking up out of my sleep because we did decide to leave her in the room. I kept waking up out of my sleep saying, hey, is she okay? Because she's not crying. Or hey, is she okay? She haven't ate. And then I had to come to terms that, hey, she's not here. Uh, there's no baby. You know, she's she's dead. That was so hard for me. It was so hard for me because my motherly instinct still kicked in, even though there was no sign of baby, right? So they took her out of the room because that was causing more depression on me, more anxiety. They took her out of the room. Y'all, the hardest part for me was the day I was discharged, right? The day I was discharged, leaving the hospital with a car seat in your car with no baby, we couldn't even pull off before my husband finally broke down because it was real for him that we are gone and there's no baby. He cried, but he pulled himself together for me because I was crying as well. He pulled himself together for me. I didn't have to um, make any decisions as far as her funeral. My husband stepped up and took care of that. Y'all, round of applause to my man, okay? I have the best husband that a girl could ever ask for. Okay, let me get back on track because I can talk about him all day long. But, guys, when we the hospital gave us a, a thing called a memory box, right? Um, a memory box is basically a dress that they made with a hat that they put on her while you're visiting her. Um, they give you that dress and that hat. They make a blanket with her name and her, um, passing date, which was July 12th. Um, when we got to the, got to the hospital, I went through all labor delivery July 11th, but I, she didn't come out until the next day, which was July 12th, 2016. Y'all, that memory box was something so depressing for me because it also had a CD in there with pictures and of her feet, footprints and handprints on a card and all kinds of things, little nice things that they don't have to do, but something for you to remember your baby, right? So um, that box was something depressing for me. Um, not only uh, had I already had my son, um, at that point, my son couldn't leave my eyesight. Um, because I was too afraid of losing another child. Uh, my son could leave my eyesight. He had to be by me at all times. Not only was that a struggle, but that box was a struggle for me. 
that box i sat in a closet dark crying uh looking at the box i mean the box was the closest thing that i had to her um this depression was on me so heavy y'all but let me tell y'all one thing i know and two for sure is there is a god it was one day i woke up and i just said hey you know, it is what it is. You know, you loved her. You took care of yourself. You still love her. Um, but you got to enjoy what's in front of you. How can we enjoy what's in front of you? That day forward, I told my husband, I said, hey, you know, I I want to try for another baby, but I just don't. I want to make sure I don't feel like I'm replacing her. When I come to ter- came to terms with that, that that's not how I felt, that she won't be replaced. She will forever be remembered and honored. You know, things got better for me. But I had to acknowledge that I was tired of hurting. I had to acknowledge being dark was not where I wanted to be. I had to acknowledge that this was a moment I had to write. I had the right to be hurt, but I had the right to live again, Right. So I decided, I said, I'm going to journal this. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to write out my feelings. I'm going to write when, I, when I'm having a moment because I don't want my moment to turn into a lifetime feeling, right? So I start journaling. I start writing down how I felt and I start praying for what I wanted. I was writing down my heartache. I was writing down my depression, my anxiety about the situation. But I will also write, hey, God, I want another baby. Hey, God, I want to try this again hey god heal my body hey god whatever it is that's in me that would not allow me to um give life help me fix it or you know whatever it is that um i was praying for i will write that down so it became a balance i start realizing that i'm i'm writing more about what i want and what i need in life than i'm writing about my dark spots right so what i'm trying to tell you is I say this all the time. Depression is the mindset of being stuck when you have the ability to keep moving forward. Again, depression is the mindset of being stuck when you have the ability to move forward. So you grab that very thing. You look yourself in a mirror and you stand in a mirror with that thing and say, look, you were a moment. You would not be a lifetime feeling. I will do everything in my power to help myself figure you out. If if you're going to be a part of my life, you're not going to be a part of my life in a dark place. We're going to you, you're going to be a part of my life in a joyful place. So now I no longer think about Elena Marie Stewart and cry. I think about Elena Marie Stewart and rejoice because I don't know what God was saving her from. I don't know what God was saving me from. I look at the situation and say, we were living in a hotel. We didn't have money. We didn't have nowhere to stay. We didn't have no car. We was already struggling with the kids that we had. Maybe God was trying to save me from losing my mind later. Maybe God was trying to save me from killing myself later maybe god was trying to save me from um um going into um a place that i wouldn't be able to get myself out of i started thinking about um things that will help me instead of things that will hinder me when i say that is i could have been thinking oh my baby is dead oh i had to bury her oh i will never do this again oh i'm hurting oh i can't live oh this and oh that 
I, I was thinking, I could have been thinking those things, but instead I was thinking I have a son to live for. I have other kids that that's around me. I have a husband. I have dreams that I want to conquer. I can't let this moment kill me. Yes, the moment hurt. Don't get me wrong. The moment still hurts. I am 25 and, and able to go to a grave site to visit my child. Do it get easier? No, it really don't. But you learn how to use that thing that was supposed to hinder you as a joyful situation. This situation is no longer something that holds me down. It's something that uplifts me because I don't know what it is that God was keeping me from. So I think positive. So what I'm saying to you is no matter who you are, if you are a mother, if you've been through what I've been through, if you've been through miscarriage, whatever the situation is, um, even if you were older and lost your um, child at a at a young age or you're older and lost your child in their grown age, whatever the situation is, all I'm telling you is, is that you are the best mother that you can be. Okay. You are the best mother. You were the best mother. And listen, if your baby has passed on, right. And you have no kids, you are still a mother. You are still a mother, whether if your baby miscarried and you didn't have to bury it, whether it was a stillborn and you buried it, cremation, whatever. You had a sign of life within you. So you are a mother and you are a great mother. You are a powerful mother. You are a encouraging mother. So don't let your moment define your life. Don't let your moment define your life. I hope that I helped somebody by giving you this story. It don't even have to be about birth. It don't have to be about stillborn. It can just be about whatever your situation is. The moral of the story is don't let a sad moment define your life. You have so much life to live. So you 